I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Louis Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Hello and welcome to Down to Dunk, episode 881. You can find us on The Athletic. We are part of The Athletic Podcast Network. You can also find us anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. It is Jay with Andrew. Slam through. And back on the pod, Taylor Dickerson. Papa, don't preach. I'm in trouble deep. Papa, don't preach. I've been losing speed, but I've been on my mind. Ah, keep him up. Slam through. <laughs> hey, boys, did you hear the rumor about butter? Well, I'm not going to spread it. Janie's got a gun. Janie's got a gun. Her whole world's come undone. Hey, why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then it would be a foot. Slap through. <laughs> wow. Welcome back. Tayshawn. Daddy Tayshawn over here. That's the intro. That's it. Yeah, you uh, definitely, Kaylor underscore Campbell asked if we could get a song medley. Not only that, we got dad jokes sprinkled in. That was uh, <laughs> even more than what he asked for. <laughs> It was the perfect. It was, it was per. It was just, it per- was perfect, Taylor. Thank you so much for that. So, so good. <sighs> Guys, what's up, man? Good. Hey. I've been practicing that for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Up in the middle of the night, feeding, singing. Yeah, like, this is good time to practice that intro. Yeah, your baby isn't your baby isn't interrupting you. You're interrupting your baby's sleep, trying to oh, get ready yes. for this. Oh yes. <laughs> time to get up, baby. Time to sing some songs. <laughs> hey, the uh, the Thunder, two and one in the bubble. They are currently sitting at sixth in the Western Conference, just a half game behind the Rockets and Jazz for the 4-5 position. And they've been pretty good. Here's, here's how good they've been. Do you guys know, and this is small sample size, but we're just going to go with it because I've seen other people using these stats, and I thought, why would you use those stats? But they're using them anyways. In the bubble, the Thunder have the best net rating in the NBA. What? <laughs> 9.8. Three-game sample size. Three-game sample size. Here's the, the top five teams in defense in the bubble. Number one, Oklahoma City Thunder. Number two, Toronto Raptors. Huh, seems legit. Number three, Phoenix Suns. Number four, <laughs> Clippers. Number five, Boston. There's only like one outlier in there, and they've been an outlier this whole time. They're 4-0 in the bubble. And their offense has been great. Their defense has not been great. The Thunder's defense is almost 10 points better than theirs. Uh, the Thunder are second in defense in the bubble currently. And then in offense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There's like 17th in offense. That must be why the game, the last two games have been like the ugliest games. Yeah. Like with, between fouls and just d- defense, that Nuggets game was borderline unwatchable. You don't like watching for 70 free throws? <laughs> if it wasn't for Shane the fourth, I would have just like turned it off probably. Like it was so bad. You know, that hasn't really, that's not just a thunder problem. I feel like there's been a foul problem in all of these games in the bubble. Like refs, the whistle is so loose. I don't really know what the deal is. Which, Sorry, I, the whistle I think is the, tight. I think the, the question, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. So I think the question for me is like, is that because of some of the rust for the players, or is that just because the refs are um, just calling the game differently? And like, I think there's probably a mix in there somewhere, but I don't know, man. It's well, it, it those like if it happens like that against the Grizzlies today, man, I'm losing my mind. It could. Well, the the environment is different because there's an, a, apparently it sounds like a normal game to us on the broadcast. It is not to the players it is quiet 
in there. So they can hear every they slap. Hear every slap, everything. Whereas in the arena, there's so much ambient noise that you can't, there's no way you could hear everything. Mm. That's why probably guys feel like they have to flop or have to scream or whatever. But pretty much anything they hear, they're probably like, oh, in an, in a game, if I heard that, I would call a foul. And so they call it. So right. it's just like that makes sense. One more thing that's just like just a just a little bit different that changes the game and they'll have to adjust and have to know that they can't call every single thing. But I mean, everybody's having to adjust. I mean, these you have virtual fans, the arena is much much smaller than a regular NBA arena. We had um the owner of the Bucks is in like the secondary bubble and he was on uh Tuesday's uh, athletic NBA show. And he said like only like a few hundred people could fit in there. It's like almost like the size of like a high school gym. So it's not, it's a lot different. And so everybody's adjusting and you know, even, and some of it's good, like free throws percentage is up significantly. And probably some of that is like, there's no crowd. And some of that is like, it's easier to shoot in a smaller gym than it is like a giant gym. You know, they've, people have struggled to shoot in like that NCAA tournament game that's played mm. in, in the giant dome uh, just because it's like too much room. And so you right. shrink that down. And some people think that that's a part of it and the no crowd is a part of it. So there's just like all these little things that pile up and it's and on TV. It's hard to notice because when you watch, you think I'm just watching an NBA game. Like this looks and feels and sounds like an NBA game. For the most part, there's some things you notice that are a little bit different, but for the most part, they've done such a good job on the broadcast to where you just feel like I'm just watching the the thunder. Like today, it'll just be like, oh, this is Thunder Grizzlies, and this is what it would have felt like otherwise. But it's different for the players; get a different feel. I think that's a good reminder. I mean, because it does it feel they've done a great job. They even pump in that that ambient sound for us, and it makes it feel like oh, things are just normal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey Taylor, I have, a way, I have a way to fix the ref issue. You have to these these NBA refs are robots at this point. So what you have to do is bring in the Drew League refs because those guys ref in a little gym like that, and they let the boys play. <laughs> bring in the Drew League refs. Ship these NBA refs out of here. All the Drew League refs already know these guys anyway. So that's me, how you fix it. I, I want to ask. So there's a lot of storylines that are, I mean, the the NBA is just doing this so well. And there's a lot of storylines that are leading this little, and I mean, now most teams are down to four or five games. The race for three, four, five, and six in the West is one of them. The race for eight is probably the best story in the West. And then you have some jockeying for position over in the Eastern Conference as well. So let's start. I'd love to at least get your idea about the three through six, because that's that's probably what I mean. Yes, that's more than likely what impacts the Thunder. I'm not sure if if the Nug or if the Mavericks have locked in the seven, but it's they're getting close, close. They're close yeah. to it. Yeah. After last night's loss, they're they're very close. Yeah. So, but if you look at the three through six, um. What's your prediction for how that lines out? Like, I know a lot of people are assuming, and there's there's even a Twitter question about this. Um, let me find it real quick. But there is a, a high possibility that the Thunder are going to end up with the less than ideal matchup against the uh, Houston Rockets. So this is at Thunder's Billy says, do we want Russ and Harden in the first round? So we'll save that question for just a minute. But if you were going to guess at the end of this thing, who lines out three, four, five, and six? What's your bet right now? Yeah, I think the the best guess that you can give is that it's going to be Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, right? Yes. That's probably... So here's the only thing that I was going to say and why partly why I brought this up is if you look at Denver's schedule, like Denver... Denver's going to have a problem. They play the Jazz, which is probably a win. Yeah. Because the Jazz are horrible. <laughs> Very bad. Uh, They've but, not shot them. But they play, well. and, and, and you just don't know what you're going to get from two of these teams, and maybe all three of these teams. But you play the Lakers. Then they have the Lakers, Clippers, and Raptors to finish the season. If those teams 
play their guys, and the Nuggets are still in this weird place where they don't have any of their backcourt. Mm-hmm. I just think you start getting into a place where, man, if they lose three out of their last four and the Rockets continue to play the way that they're playing, like I, I wonder if the Rockets or the Thunder could sneak up and to get that third seed. Not that it really you're kind of splitting hairs as far as the matchup between all those. Everybody would want the Jazz. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it's kind of like, man, Nuggets would be hard. Rockets would be hard. Thunder would be hard. So I don't know, man. It's, there's part of me that wonders if one of those teams can sneak up and get that three seed from the Nuggets. But I don't know. I, th- I mean, mm. they're two and a half games back. So the Rockets are, I mean, the Rockets essentially have to win out and the Nuggets have to lose two of those games. See, I thought I saw one and a half. No, they're only one and a half out. Oh, yeah, they're one and a half. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't, it's still, I don't know. It's a, with, it's, a, it's a big hill to climb with only with four, four games left. Four games left, left yeah. it is a, is a, and it I, it could happen. The Lakers, I don't. They've they've been bad. They've had the worst offense in the bubble, uh, and so they're going to have to get it together. And I don't I don't know what to think about them. I mean their their offensive rating is ninety five. Jeez, which is by far <clears throat> the worst. I mean, not even close. The Wizards' offense is seven points better than theirs, and they're the they're the 21st ranked team. It's hard for me to take too much out of that just because the Lakers, I mean, you know, like this feels more like LeBron with the Cavs. Yeah. In the sense of effort that is getting put out on the court. For sure. For sure. Um, like they just didn't, like you clearly, clearly engaged. And some of the, they may have been more engaged if it wasn't the fact that the Thunder came out so quickly and was like, hey, we're just going to beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, ah, we don't want this. And so I, I like it can completely, I mean, it makes a ton of sense if you think about the Lakers trying to just keep everybody healthy, be smart, you know, just take, we need to get to the playoffs. We got the one seed locked up because they played pretty well against the Clippers right out of the gate. Yeah. But then after that, it's been, you know, kind of nothing. So, but going back to my, go ahead, go ahead. They're really not very deep. I mean, like, I don't know if it's a good sign for Caruso or a bad sign for the Lakers that Caruso is playing as much as he is and having such a big, important impact on each of these games and the energy around Kuzma too. Like, I feel like people are treating Kuzma like, okay, he's the third guy. He needs to come like they really need him. And I feel like that's kind of a bad sign. Just the the feeling around <laughs> what the Lakers need Kuzma to be. Yeah, yeah they did, they did not. Look, it, for me, the only game I've really watched, I've watched the Clippers game and I watched the Thunder game of them, and then I've watched bits and pieces of the rest. But yeah, they have a problem. Uh, Kuzma did not look great. Caruso is. I I haven't watched enough of him to really get excited about what he brings to the floor. Like. I think we've always, at least off the pod, had that question of like, if he wasn't on the Lakers, what would we think of him? You know, like mm-hmm. that's the question I think about Caruso that's important. But um, I don't know. It's hard for me not to just trust that LeBron's doing what he does, where it's yeah. like, hey, we're locked in. More important for me to be comfortable, be OK. But the thing that complicates it is like this. Something's going on in the locker room or in the hotel. I don't know what it is, but there's something kind of maybe another layer to this that we just don't have a clue about. Yeah. And so that's the stuff that's kind of confusing or just makes you go, huh, about that. Yeah. So, I have no clue what that, what does be. that mean? I don't know. I just, didn't he say something like that in the post game? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Also LeBron's dealing with like a hamstring issue. So, I mean, that's, that's me is, is, is the biggest deal. But yeah, I'm with you, Jay. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm concerned about them. I'm just saying that as a eight game regular season opponent here, I'm not worried about them for yeah. even the Nuggets. You know, if they're going to continue to play like that, it's, uh, I don't know how many games that they'll win going forward. It doesn't matter. They've already clinched the first seed. And so, right. I mean, how many of these last three games are they going to get up for? Right. Unless, unless they're trying to show something, right? Like, but there's just nothing really to do with that. I think there is probably validity to 
wanting to have continuity and rhythm going forward. Like I get part of that, but yeah. with LeBron and AD, you just have to trust that that's going to take care of itself. Like you have enough veterans. I mean, how many championships do you have? I mean, you got JaVale McGee, Danny Green. I mean, I mean there's some, I mean, JR, JR, almost Dion. Uh, <laughs> you got Rondo that's potentially Whoa. coming back. Um, yeah. So there's there's enough there's enough there where I know that there's enough guys that have historically been able to turn it on and turn it off. I do just think they have because of the things that happened. I mean, specifically Avery Bradley, but it's it's one of those things which is crazy. He doesn't mean that much, but you know, if there's a key piece in any team, Thunder, for example, like Dennis Schroeder being gone is clearly felt. You know, like any team that loses yeah. somebody that was just such an integral part of their team for for a majority of the season, it's hard to just pivot real quickly in the bubble. So, yep. um, and I will say the other thing though for me is like you look at the Rockets' remaining schedule. The Rockets have the Kings, the Spurs, the TJ Warrens, and the 76ers. And so, I mean, they could go four and zero. That's the only reason it starts to get intriguing to me because I'm like, huh? And the Rockets are playing well. Yeah, they are. They lost to the Blazers, but but they they. I mean, beat the Bucks, the Mavericks, which the Bucks haven't been tremendous either in the bubble. Mm-mm. No. That's weird. Like they seem like a team that maybe does better in a big arena. Well, when... they just got Bledsoe back yesterday. For their... Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big that's deal. True. So, and they beat the Heat yesterday. So that that helps a lot. And Pat God, the Heat, the Heat are a five hundred team in the bubble, Andrew. I don't know, man. <laughs> Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, the Heat. I mean, they were in the Heat were without Jimmy, and without Goran Dragic yesterday. So oh oh, so they're oh. two best players. Not really the Heat, but they. Hey, have, so they have Bam. They looking at the eight seed. Who do you want to see in the playing game? Oh, Phoenix, no doubt. Phoenix is so. I love watching these Phoenix games. I didn't think I would. I, they were one of the teams going into the bowl. I was like, why did they even bring these teams? Mm-hmm. And um, turns out I only feel that way about every other team that's not Phoenix. And, uh, dude, they're so fun. And even having Dario Saric off the bench, like I, I start to talk to myself like, man, they kind of have some, they kind of have some da- talent coming off the bench. Cameron Johnson is an interesting guy. <laughs> so, Andrew, it begs the question. And at Miguel Devella 25 asked this question, is campaign a problem? Oh, boy. He's, uh, he's reemerged, certainly, as a, as a guy that can do some things. Um, and, this is, and this is far enough away from him playing with the Thunder where we're just not like, man, the Thunder really missed their chance to develop this guy. Like, it's been long enough no. where, yeah. Yeah, we've had, we've had many NBA teams quit on him. <laughs> Between the, this and the Thunder, he played in the G League. I mean, come on. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there's no there's no hard feelings for Cam. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know because when you think about at the beginning of some of these seasons, I remember like a couple of years ago how the Kings were just red hot coming out the gate, and we're like, this is the year the Kings and Demarcus Cousins have put it together. This is great. They're gonna make the playoffs. And then they just don't. And so I just wonder, I mean, guys, teams can get hot for a stretch. I, I'm i just not convinced the Suns are good. I think they're very fun, but I just am not. I'm not convinced they're actually good. I'm not convinced the campaign's actually good. We know Devin Booker's awesome. We know DeAndre Ayton's got potential. And, and we, Rubio is solid. Like Rubio's good. Yeah, having sure. him as their point guard really does change a lot of what it, of what the the product on the floor is. Definitely, definitely. Uh, my hope is that the Grizzlies just fall out of this, and that we get to see a Blazer Suns play in. Yeah, I think that is highly likely. Actually, yeah, the they're Spurs, close enough. The Spurs are right there. God, freaking Spurs! I know. I swear. I haven't watched them. Should I? No. No. Don't watch them. I'm telling Listen. you, Lowe and Arnovitz talk about them like they are a like total different team. You want to watch DeMar DeRozan play power forward? No. Do you, Jay? Well, then don't, dude. Don't. Is Lamar, I, I, <laughs> don't I, I think <laughs> I'm almost positive I missed this. LaMarcus Aldridge, is he here? 
No, no, no. No, man, surgery. No. Okay. So, like, what? I mean, that's what I'm saying. They have this big white guy center who dunked one time in the preseason game <laughs> or the uh, scrimmage games. Oh, he almost ended somebody's life with that dunk, though. Yeah. I mean, it was cool. But, yeah, like, that's the only cool thing coming out of Spurs. You want to watch um, Rudy Gay light it up? No. <laughs> So is it real? Like as bad as the Kings have been, that they're only, I mean, they're only two and a half out. The Kings, the Kings, the Kings, Kings. they're toast, man. They're toast. Yeah, and the Pelicans got to be the biggest letdown of the bubble, right? Oh, without a doubt. Also toast. Toast. Worried about Zion? I'm not worried about Zion. I think Alvin Gentry is losing his job, but. Not, I'm not concerned about Zion. I wonder if he does lose his job, though, because it does feel like that they are kind of making it more difficult for him to be successful. And that's putting a lot of weight on Zion, both figuratively and literally. But Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'd be surprised if he, if he made it through. Can you, mm. How can you fire a coach in this year? I just feel like that's a weird thing to do. I don't know. The Thunder fired Scott Brooks after the Plagues of Egypt season. Yeah. Well, maybe if he didn't break Kevin Durant's foot, he would have got to stay. <laughs> right. And also, when we call that the Plagues of Egypt season, that was just like a phrase. Now, there's actually a plague. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> there is quite literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. We have a new sponsor today and it's Artifact. Uh, Artifact is a really, really cool company that I'm excited to share with you guys about. Uh, Artifact will take a story, maybe a story about your family or a story about maybe your grandparents that you're just like, oh, I just love the story and I love the way that they tell it. And they will take that and put it on a podcast for you. So they have professional interviewers that will interview whoever you'd like and make it into a podcast. And so I went to heyartifact.com and told them a few basic things about my kidney donation to my father-in-law. And so we're going to be making an artifact for the kidney donation to my father-in-law and have my father-in-law interviewed, probably have my wife and my mother-in-law and maybe even my kids interviewed because I would just like for that story to be saved uh, for for generations to come. And Artifact is a great way to do that. So I'm really excited to get started with them. Uh, I'll be sharing that episode with you when it's ready. But for now, you can go to heyartifact.com and hear some samples. There's tons of ways to use Artifact to capture stories with your friends and family. And when you're ready to make an Artifact of your own, use the code DUNK to get $40 off your first one. That's heyartifact.com and use the code DUNK for $40 off. What other thoughts from the bubbles are like if you're looking at so the eight seeds a lot of fun. I think you're going to see Portland is almost a guarantee. But I, I would say if I had to flip a coin between the Spurs and the Suns, I mean, that's hard to really, number one, care about. But number two, um, I couldn't tell you who I, I would love. I'd rather see the Suns. Jay, watch watch a Suns game. I know. Is there one today? Let's see. Whatever it is, uh, it's probably tomorrow. Just watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and fun, it's, but are we do, do we believe that either one of them have a shot against the Blazers? I hope so. I'm tired of the Blazers. I mean, if the Blazers have the better record, all the Blazers all all they have to do is win one game. If, mm. if it's Phoenix behind them, the Phoenix would have to beat them twice in a row to get in. That's where I don't. That's where I don't believe it. I believe it. I Here's, believe in the power of of Bubble Booker. Phoenix has Miami, OKC, 76ers, and Mavericks left. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's not, that's not easy. None of these are going to be easy, but then San Antonio, oops, hold on. Uh, San Antonio has Utah, Pelicans, Rockets, Jazz. Damn. They have the Jazz twice and the Pelicans in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, Did no. Jordan Clarkson shave his head in the bubble? 
I don't know. I mean, he could have. Important. These are important things, guys. He These probably got bored and used the little plastic razor that's in the hotel room. No, but he went from like he had really thick kind of braids. Yeah. To I think last night I saw him and he just completely shaved his head. They have a. They do have barbers on site. I know. Shay Gilgis. Like, I think the story of the bubble for the Thunder, though, is that Shay unleashed his hair yesterday. I know. Well, oh, it's it gonna looks for his incredible. Game. It does. Looks very. Cool. I don't know, man. I think I think it's going to open up a whole other dimension of I of who so. he is. <laughs> I think you're right. So anyway, so I think that you're going to see Portland versus the Lakers in the first round. I think you're going to see the. I mean, pretty clearly the Mavericks and the Clippers because yeah. somebody did ask this question as well about uh, the potential for the Mavericks to slip to seven and whether we should be worried about that. So let me find that real quick. Uh, this is actually also from Miguel Devella. How scared are you on the Clippers dropping to the three seed and potentially facing Oklahoma City? I don't see that as a real possibility. You, either one of you guys think that's going to happen? Mm, that's interesting. I hadn't been looking at that. It's certainly what do they got left? Certainly possible. Um, oh, man. Well, but you even heard last night. So they're they're a game and a half. So in the same way that you would say it's hard for the Nuggets to lose that to the Rockets, it's the same yeah. thing with the Clippers. So here's so they the, do play each other. Here's the Clippers schedule. They got Portland on Saturday, one p.m. Eastern time, twelve p.m. Central time. Then they got Brooklyn, ten a.m. Pacific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get all the time zones. What are they? What's Hawaii? Oh gosh, I couldn't even. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You all okay. do the important okay. part. <laughs> A Sunday they play the Brooklyn Nets. Island time man, who's, who are really bad, and then the Nuggets, which is just a massive game for both teams. Yeah, uh, that could determine it. And then the the final game is that Clippers Thunder game, in which if the Thunder beat. The Clippers, it could trigger the Thunder or Clippers matchup. And oh, so, God. what do you do? That could be that literally could be a game where neither team plays any of their players. Yeah, for real. Because it, of the, well, if the Clippers have the three locked up, man, I, dude, it's just really hard for me to not think that the Jazz are going to land at six. Yeah. Yeah. The Jazz have, have not been very good, which, who could have predicted that? Right. They don't have NBA players other than like a few. And so it's kind of a problem. But so but what that looks like, uh, I mean, the most likely thing is leading us to what at Thunder's Billy asked. Do we want Russ and Harden in the first round? So what do you guys think about that matchup? I don't like it. It's, I hate it. I hate the idea of it. It's definitely the one that would make you throw up the most potentially. But it's also the one that would bring you the most joy, potentially. Right? Absolutely. So, like, I, that, my whole heart is in that. The highest upside of joy and sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Nuggets, if you beat the Nuggets, you're like, okay, cool. We beat the Nuggets. If you lose the Nuggets, you're like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But with the Rockets, oh my God, the emotion. I know. So here's what happened at the beginning of the season is we all convinced ourselves that this is going to be a year where it's like, hey, we're not going to be emotionally involved. Like it's going to be kind of easy and we'll just feel nice and calm about everything. And then if our first round matchup is against the Rockets, every Thunder fan will just be on edge the whole time. Oh, yeah. The whole time. Oh, my God. Without a doubt. So all of that out the window. I'm already that way, though. Like, I'm literally, I was so bitter after they lost to the Nuggets. Right. Which is so dumb. But I was just yeah. like, I'm not even watching NBA tonight. Forget it. They feel so, each of these games feels so big. I know. The bubble is brilliant, man. It, brilliant. Makes, me feel, it makes me feel alive again. Like, getting mad yeah. about the Thunder. It's I like, haven't oh, had emotions in five months. This is great. <laughs> I was, I was like, excited at how mad I was getting. Because oh my yeah, God, no, I, I was steaming mad. Every free throw, I was like, "Come on!" It's, uh, Were you, are you guys standing? Like, are you doing the three feet away from the TV thing yet? Oh, well, I found myself absolutely. doing that, and I was like, "Wow, I haven't done this since February." Well, didn't the Nuggets have a chance to win the game at, at the end of regulation? Like they had the ball uh, in like three seconds or something. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, 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 Robertson, there was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was something where I was standing up like in front of the TV with my arms crossed and one hand like close to my mouth, which I know in the era of coronavirus is not supposed to happen. But I was in my house clinging. Everything was OK. But 
<laughs> it was, I, it, it really was like, I felt like it was the end of the Portland Oklahoma city series last year. Like that's how <laughs> I had just too involved, man. I've made a mistake. <laughs> mistake in my life. Uh, it's funny. My oldest son was doing that, which was very, also, also very exciting for me. Oh man. What a, what a great, what a fantastic, fantastic thing. Whenever your kids start becoming fanatics. Oh, it's great. Ah, it feels good. I came into my living room last night and it was, Andrew was just watching my, my son, Andrew, uh, was just sitting there. <laughs> I, was, I was just there. <laughs> was just in my living room, but he was just watching the Clippers game. My son still loves Paul George so much. So does he? Yeah. So oh, really? he, uh, That's he's cool. kind of a pocket or a closet, uh, Clippers fan, which is poor, fine. It's poor, okay. Poor guy. That's okay. He's the only person in the entire country that's a Clippers fan, so it's fine. <laughs> Paul, all right, let's. Paul George go ahead, is good. But, he's looking good, man, man. He's been fantastic. Well, and that's what I'm. That's why I think the Clippers. I'm pretty confident the Clippers are going to stay in the two because even Kawhi last night, he's like, it's time to lock in, which you know, yeah. it's it's like something, you know. Like I think they'll get the two C locked up, and then I think they'll rest their guys that last game against the Thunder, and then who knows what's going to happen positioning after that. So let's yeah. do some TQs. Let's do it. First one is from at Bangelo. Uh, she asks, will there be more SGA all-star appearances or Lou Dort all defensive nominations stolen from no dunks? Okay. So all defensive, uh, there's three all defensive teams or just two, two. Mm, dang it. I was hoping there was three cause then it would be easier. I'll go, I'll go SGA all-star appearances. Yeah. It, this is all based on reputation. So I'm going to go all-star as well because my prediction that the Thunder won't be a very good team for a while does not lend itself to a player making the all-defense team, right? Right. True. Trey Young made the all-star team, but yeah. you know John Collins isn't going to make a defensive, which he's not probably very good at that. But you know what I'm saying? like, There's not a comp because I don't know anybody on that team. DeAndre Hunter. Yeah, is not going to make an all defensive no, team. No, no way. But, Although he's not as good as Lou Dort, but it's but fine. Dort, man, Dort is has been legit. He's I mean, a problem, he, man. He has looked very, very good in these games. I mean, he's a part of why the Thunder have the best defense in the bubble so far. So let me ask this question: Like watching Dre play, like I know that there's some very visible offensive rust, rust. I've seen enough things on defense to think, man, he's not as far off there as I thought he would be. Do you agree with that, or do you think he's still just pretty slow? No, I agree. I feel like I noticed his lateral quickness isn't really that far away from what it was before, too. And he he's able to help. Like he's, I forgot how freaking long he is. His arms are so long, and he's just – if the ball is on his side of the court and it's not his player, he's still getting involved. Like he's getting in the way over there. Yeah. And um, I thought I felt like he's looked pretty good defensively. For sure. What do you think, May- Andrew? Watching him? Yeah, I mean, he's really the only thing that is lagging is his conditioning. And so I, I hope that they're ramping him up to be a guy that can take on a twenty-minute a night load in the playoffs because. I'm not sure that there's a ton of guys off the bench that you can trust. I mean, it's Schroeder, it's Nerlens, and then to me, the next guy in line that you trust is Robertson, right? Nader, probably, to be honest, or Hami. Do you tr- I don't trust Hami. I don't, but it, the, me trusting them is not really the point, right? Like It's whether or not Billy does, and apparently he is a fanatic for Hami. That's I, true. I don't, I don't get it, and I don't agree. And if he helps, great. <laughs> I I'm, I'd be glad to be wrong about this, but so I'd rather play. Can later. I ask you guys a question yeah. about Andre? Mm-hmm. If we get the Rockets in the first round, mm-hmm. you're putting Andre on Russ or Harden? If Andre's playing enough, I put him on Harden. Me too. But the problem with that is like a Dort Dre lineup. Like, which yeah. is as cool as the idea is, they can't score. <laughs> like, well, you can put, put them both in. in. Yeah, I wouldn't put them both. But in you know what I'm saying. But that's time. what I'm saying. Like, you would never, you would never put them on the court much at the same time in a, in that series, right? I'd put Dre on 
James, and then I would just allow Chris Paul to bait Russ into being the absolute worst version of himself. Yeah. Because that's what Damian Lillard did to Russ last year. That's what Ricky Rubio did to Russ the year before. You don't think that Chris could do that better than both those guys? Right. I mean, Chris, that's what he's done his whole career. has been able to annoy the crap out of people and bait them into stuff. And you don't think that Russ... I mean, maybe Russ would step up and, and be the best version of himself. And if he is, great. I, I think that even Thunder fans would be okay with seeing that. But I just don't see it. I just don't... I mean, he's shown us year after year. I mean, it, he hasn't won a playoff series since 2016. And that's not all his fault, but some of it is. I mean, certainly some of it is. Yeah, and the, the more I think about it, um, about playing the Rockets in the first round, the more I think, the more I realize how important Dre is. Because I was just thinking about Lou Dort on Harden, and I can see Harden using all his tricks and and Lou Dort just not being experienced enough, even though he's a good defender. Yeah, I think Dre just knows the tricks. Like Dre knows what to stay down on and all that, especially with Harden. And, um, man, now the more I think about it, the more I'm like, damn, Dre really needs to get back. Back to, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, and I think they're working. I mean, he's getting more minutes. He feels like he got more minutes against the Lakers. Like, they tried him on LeBron. Like, and and he did, he did okay. Like, he's, he doesn't, he's just not quite there, but I I just hope that they're working to, to get him further there. So, I actually have a question about that. So, at Julius underscore rec said, so we've had the Bruise Brothers, the Stash Bros, and Adams and Cantor. What will we call the defensive duo of Dre and Dort? You don't have any fun names for that? We came up with uh, Jorts earlier. I don't know how we got to Jorts because, hold on, Dre and Dort. I guess it's Jorts. No, no, no. It's like how Drew Holiday is J-R-U-E. J-R. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, Jorts. <laughs> Jorts. 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 Right, you could also do a play on. DR. You could also you don't want to lose lose first name, right? So you had to do you could also do like something like uh on Gents or uh Luberson? Luberson. Luberson. That is <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got I got to go get some baby ducks out of my pool. Hold on, I'll be right back. Man. <laughs> this is the greatest that's the greatest pause in the history of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Are we pausing or is this? Pausing? No, man, we got this. Let's keep going. So, all right, all right let's move on. Uh, Ludre, Ludre Dort person. Yep. That's Ludre it. Robert Dort. So Rob for them, is, it's gotta be, for me, is it something like, there's gotta be like pesky. We gotta think something pesky. <laughs> oh, pesky. Pesky what's frisky. frisky. What's the, the, frisky. the frisky bros? The frisky bros? The, that, that feels like a like a collection of perverts going to a club kind of thing. The Frisky Bros. You know, we don't know these guys that well. We could be right on the money. No, I don't think so. From what I can tell about both of them, that doesn't really fit. So, You're but pesky, like uh, really good defense. What about like the uh, something about a wall? You know, like uh, yeah, like scratching at a wall, like a there rat you go. scratching at a wall. Okay, the scra- the, the rat wall bros. scratchers, the Rat Pack. How about B- the Rat Pack? How about Bebop and Rocksteady? How about that one? <laughs> I think we're we're getting close, man. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll keep kind of pushing these around, and we'll let you know. Um, we'll try to get that out there by game time. What a good uh, nickname for them. So, next question is from at Warner West Two, and says the Sam Bassini recently said on his podcast that he was impressed with Shea's versatility, but he thought Shea was best at shooting guard. Do you agree? Well, if he's playing with Chris Paul, then yes, I agree. Um, but I, I don't know. If Chris Paul isn't here, say we start going into the tank, do you want anyone else to be handling each play other than SGA? I mean, so we're getting to see Shea being the primary ball handler. And it's hard because the Lakers game was so ugly, and then the Nuggets game, he was in foul trouble. And so it's hard to know – um, what he can do as the pure point guard, and you know, and, and it's hard because, and I know, you know, I'm not trying to say that Sam Vecini doesn't know what it doesn't really matter anymore, right? Like, yeah. but Shea is, I, I do not see Shea as a pure point guard. No, I mean, I guess it's it's a lot like how D Wade 
kind of always played. Yeah, like he could. He always played with another small guard, and he would just handle half of the plays or have another guy who was more of a pure point guard next to him or a passer or shooter. And um, I don't. I, I see it like that with SGA the whole time. Yeah, I think he, he can. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, that's all I was going to say. I think he could be the pure the the point guard on the court, but it doesn't really change anything if there is another point guard on the court. Right. And you look at I think the thing that it does for me that makes me excited is it makes it to where like you're not limited in any way for the future draft picks. If you come across in the best position or the best person available as a point guard, like yeah, you clearly can just draft that guy because SGA can play next to a point guard. Um, he could play your point guard and have another shooting guard. Now, I think you're going to get in trouble a little bit if you, you know, pair him up with just another pure shooting guard. But you could get a, you can get a wing. You can get a big guy. Like there's literally everything is wide open for for adding to this team going forward. But it does make it to where, um, I think. I think he's at his best. Let me just say this. I think he's at his best when when he is paired with another point guard. But that's also the only thing we've seen so far from him, you know? Yeah, and um, I mean, if you look at a lot of teams' best players, they're all these combo guards. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is that. I think Victor Oladipo, who I guess isn't their best player anymore, but no, he's he kind of that. Clearly, Dude, That uh, can I talk about that real quick? Yeah, Let's man. Just talk the floor is yours. Especially now that Andrew's off the pod for a minute. You have TJ Warren time. Do it. So I think, you know, I know NBA Twitter and Reddit is kind of freaking out on TJ Warren. And understandably so. He's had great games. But I think the Pacers are freaking out about Warren more than the fans are. Because yesterday they, yesterday they were running so much stuff through Warren. And Oladipo is kind of just this not even secondary player on the court there, too. And there was a technical foul on the court was Victor Oladipo, TJ Warren, and Malcolm Brogdon, who is one of the best free throw shooters in the league. I think he's 93%. Well, they get a technical call against the Suns, and they send TJ Warren to the free throw line to take the free throw, and he missed it. And I think they're freaking out a little bit. (laughs) I thought that was so weird. Yeah, you you probably want Malcolm Brogdon to be that guy, right? Yeah, or like imagine if you're – okay, Brogdon, I can – you know, you can kind of get over it. You're not really a star. But imagine what Oladipo might be thinking right now. Like what the hell? This guy had three good games and he's just the guy now? Yeah, clearly. So anyway, that's all. That's and it. he didn't really have a – he had a pretty normal TJ Warren game yesterday too. And uh, I don't know if long-term if this – Added Which confidence. was against the Suns, too. A team that literally had to give away a pick in order to get T.J. Warren <laughs> off their team. That's so true. That I mean, when you think of it like that, it's like, okay, you know, let's give T.J. Warren at least whatever they're getting out of him is bonus, is money for them. So that's yeah, good. 16 points, 11 rebounds. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. They, sh- they should have – I mean, that just they, – they, that team should have beat the Suns. Yeah, they should have beat the Suns. They were, but here's the deal, man. The Suns, oh man, they're fun. Dude, I've got to watch them. I know. Tomorrow they play the Heat at six thirty, which no, I haven't watched a game with the Heat that's really been fun because they play a zone defense. Yeah. Um, but Monday at one thirty, Thunder versus the Suns, which oh. I felt way more confident about before we got to the bubble. But yeah, now it's a it's a they're a problem. <laughs> they are a problem because campaign's a problem. Campaigns, but I'll say this legit. Devin Booker was out in foul trouble. He had five fouls halfway through the third. So he's just sitting until like four minutes left of the game, right? Campaign comes into the game and he takes over the game. I mean, he has like 13 straight points or so, uh, 13 points in like a six minute span. And I was yeah, like, he was hitting what? threes from the half court, basically. Dude, he was hitting he was hitting hard shots. And he's how, been averaging eleven Presti, and a half points. How did Sam Presti see those shot mechanics and then say, We gotta draft that guy? Yeah. I His know. shot is so odd. So odd. Which I know is not always indicative of who, you know, can shoot, but goodness gracious. So bad. You know, I felt like campaign his first year with us was pretty promising. Um, 
and it was the second year that we all it started to think, yeah. uh, this, he hasn't really gotten better. In fact, he's gotten a little worse. He was great at dancing, but other than that, it was pretty much useless. True. Well, and they depended on it too. Like the thunder really needed him to be good that second year. That's so true. And I he forgot. Was not. He was not. So, all right. So let me ask this question from at Phil eight, seven, five, three, two, six, zero, one. I think I know the answer to this Taylor, but who are you rooting for to get the eight seed in the West? Oh, Phoenix, baby. Right. I'm, I'm tired of Portland. And I know that a lot of this comes from my resentment <laughs> right, for or sure. emotional damage that they've caused me. But I, I don't know. I'm just tired of Portland being in this basically this same position every year. And yes, they made the Western Conference Finals last year. <laughs> Who remembers that? Who cares? They're just one of those teams that's like, they're just always going to be there and they're pretty good. And I like CJ McCollum and Dame, but what? There's no level of excitement. Yeah, I was excited. I was excited to see. I was excited by the idea of the Grizzlies, um, especially yeah. the way they were playing towards the end. But we knew that the end of their schedule was going to be brutal, and they have fallen apart in the bubble, especially. Uh, and then having Jaron Jackson Jr. getting hurt, like I just don't want to see them. I don't want to see them get slaughtered by the Lakers. And so, the Trailblazers probably are the number one probably threat quote unquote. Like I think that's the team that's going to make the Lakers sweat the most, but the Suns, like, man, there's something about new blood in the bubble that are in the playoffs that just is, it's really good. And so I like to see the Suns in the eight seed. Um, you know, not, I don't think they give the Lakers much of anything, but it would at least just be fun. Yeah. Cause then yeah. you have the Suns and the Mavericks are kind of new teams in the playoffs, which everybody wants to see Doncic in the playoffs. Which is yeah. awesome, but to see Devin Booker, I don't know, it'd be fun to watch them. I mean, to me, that's what I kind of want that 7-8 seed to be anyway. It's like a new, a fun, exciting, maybe young, up-and-coming team that presses these teams that are definitely going to win one or two games. Just to, you know, much like the Thunder were against yep. the Lakers that exactly. year. Uh, more fun than Portland playing the Lakers in the first round. That's like, I mean, even, I mean, Portland... Based on how the Lakers are playing, I guess they could win, but there's no – I mean, Melo, I don't think they would win that. You don't think a seven-game no. series with the Blazers would be fun? No, I don't. I just don't like the Blazers. Wow. It was funny. I, I called them the Trailblazers because that's what I had on the screen for some reason, and it felt so weird. Yeah. I forget that the, <laughs> the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers. Portland that reminds Trailblazers. me of uh, Jess on New Girl – called the Chicago Bears the Chicago Brown Bears. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, Andrew, since you're back, I want to get your kind of opinion on this question. So at Warner mm-hmm. West talked about Shea mm-hmm. and talked about Sam Vecini mentioning that Shea is probably best at shooting guard. Like, what do you think? What do you think his potential is as a, I mean, pure point guard is it really, you know, like nobody would consider Steph a pure point guard, but he's a point guard, right? Yeah. Like who's who would be a pure point guard anymore? Chris Paul, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I I think it's just su- too soon to tell, right? We don't he's never been given that responsibility. So to say, I mean he has been the shooting guard for the Thunder and the small forward for the Thunder this year. And to say that, oh, well that's what he is. I just think it's too soon. I just don't we don't know. We don't yeah. know. Russell Westbrook was quote unquote not a point guard for how many years? Like 5 years. I mean, this is yeah, this, that's true. This is SGA's second year, and he's extremely versatile. He can play multiple positions. He can play with whoever. I mean, really, it it's going to depend on who the Thunder get in the draft over the next three years. If they draft an, a shooting guard, Shay's your point guard. If they draft a point guard, Shay's your shooting guard. That's like that's the beauty of Shay's game is that I think he could be either one. Now. If he is going to be a point guard, his vision has got to get better. And his ability to find guys has got to get better. I think that we've seen it improve. But to the level it needs to be for him to be a point guard, he's he's got to do it. But I I think that he he's one of those special players that you see him adding stuff to his game all the time. He's gotten better. In the time off that he's had, he's gotten better. And so I'm not about to doubt what his potential is. 
Uh, and I'm also just not ready to say he's one thing or he's another. I just think that he's uh, a really good basketball player that can really fit wherever you need him to. I think he can be a primary ball handler scorer. I think you, he can play off ball. I think he's willing to give up possessions for the betterment of the team. And so to me, there's he's, he's just a, a perimeter basketball player and can fit wherever you need him to. Yeah. At Fluky asked the question, in comparison to Caruso, how much hype would Dort get if he played for the Lakers? He doesn't have the, the how do I say this? He doesn't have the package that Caruso has. So, like, he doesn't, the lack of hair, these, these things all go positively for Caruso. A lack of hair, body type, and something else. And Dort, uh, when Dort does really cool things, he is the ty- his body type and stuff. Like he looks like it's not unexpected. There's a lot of unexpected uh, athleticism. Yeah, athleticism with Caruso mm-hmm. that I think plays into his um, video video ability, like clickability. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this question: Like I, I was number one is it feels like Dort is getting some hype. Oh yeah. Like yeah I hear about he Dort on different podcasts and people talking about Dort. Like yeah. people know about Dort. I think the question is like, there is no more an insufferable fan va- base than the Lakers. That's the yeah. problem. It's because yeah. they're the biggest fan base. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're worldwide. People love them so much unconditionally. And that just breeds just all kinds of fans and especially all kinds of diseases, lots of loud fans, so many diseases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But I, it's also just a product of like being a team on the other side of the Western conference. Right. I mean, I'm sure that some people think Thunder fans are outrageously annoying. Like I think Utah jazz fans are outrageously annoying, but that's just because I don't like the jazz. True. No, that's a pretty general. I feel like that's kind of, yeah, that is the one that has united the entire NBA against a <laughs> yeah, city. And the fan base. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Hey, uh, you guys, racist Salt Lake City. You guys need a baby duck update. Yeah, man. Of yeah, course we yeah. do. Four four baby ducks and their mama in the pool when I got out there. Currently, only two baby ducks remain in the pool. So you killed them? <laughs> no, no. I was like, why would you do something like rescue, that? Rescue, rescue. Do you uh, need to go back out there and get those other two? They are terrified though, and. Just incredible swimmers, just outrageously good swimmers, which is a, definitely an underrated aspect of ducks. Oh yeah, I mean they're biologically made to to be good at that. Yeah, and to fly, they're also good at flying. They can do it all. Amazing they species. They can do it all. You know they're what? When you combo. say like that, yeah, very underrated. They're the Shea just Alexander of the bird. Yeah. What do you need? God, you so need good flight. Need walking on land? You need swimming under the water? You got You need it. quacks? You need quacking? They've got it all. I do like ducks, man. Ducks are good. They're good. My whole family's just screaming the whole time. No, don't hurt them. <laughs> I just imagine Andrew. Everyone's like, no, don't hurt them. And Andrew just like with an airsoft pistol trying to shoot them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got no, I'm I've, just trying to help them. I'm trying I've to get my, them out of the I've water. I've got my net. I'm trying to use like a pool raft to I was like, get on the pool raft. And they're just horrified. You're slapping them with the pool raft? <laughs> no, I'm trying to get them to get on the pool raft so they can get out. So my current strategy to get the other two out at the just to not stress my family out and, or these ducks out is everybody get away from the pool. We're going to fill the pool up and let them get out. Oh, that's a good strat. So that's where we're at right now. It's the, it's the most humane way I could come up with. Four hours later, house completely flooded. <laughs> <laughs> but those ducks got out. Forgot about ducks forgot swimming about in the hose. living room. Everything's ruined, <laughs> but ducks alive. <laughs> Cause you just can't catch them. I'm assuming, right? Like, no, 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 no. They're very, they're very fast. It's yeah. You know, we need a video update whenever you can. So <laughs> yeah, I think got to get in the pool. That that I, I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. To be honest with you, is that we're going to have Andrew in the pool chasing after ducks? Yeah, that, I mean, that would I would have to be done with the pod probably. I'm just that's not, a post pod. That's yeah, a post pod. It's a post pod measure to take. Yeah. 
All right, let's move on a little bit. We let's hey man, we'll get you there in about two seconds. Let's push through some podcasts here. So or some questions. Um, I don't want to talk about Hamadou Diallo, so let's move on. We're gonna go back to <laughs> Bangalope. Uh, at Bangalope, ask if you could be a virtual fan of any other team than the Thunder. Which team would you choose? Hmm. Taylor, it feels like you're the Suns. I was, was going to say, like Phoenix is a is definitely a candidate for that. Or the Raptors you know, are definitely a candidate for that. Mainly just, because I just want to be a part of the Raptors fan base. They're yeah, such cool fans, man. Very fun fans. They are. And they have cool gear. Yeah. They do, man. They're probably, I don't know, I love the Bucks too. Yeah. Although, like, I don't know that I want to be a part of a fan base that's, like, rooting for a championship and you may not win it. Because we've been yeah. a part of that. And it could be great. But we've also seen like the devastation. Like I have flashbulb memories of being a fan of a team that that couldn't win the title, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's terrible, man. So that's I, so true. Like the most fun you've had as a fan is like rooting for these teams that are overachieving, and so like, you got to find a team that's overachieving. Like that's why Phoenix is perfect. Even the Mavericks, to an extent, are like a team that's overachieved this year, and that. Uh, I've just performed over their heads a little bit. It's like those are definitely teams that, that I would want. The Raptors fit that. Like nobody thought the Raptors would be here as one of the best teams in the NBA. Those All those teams qualify. But you they, know what team don't want the nobody pressure. would say this about? Hmm. The Magic. No. Who, uh, who's, who are you excited to watch on the Magic? Vucevic just shooting mid-range shots. Yeah. I mean, this has been the magic for the last five years. Yeah. Really since Dwight Howard left. Yeah. Yeah, but even like, you know, just kind of like making the eighth seed or the seventh seed or whatever and not doing anything and not really having anyone that's getting better. I mean, Aaron Gordon is all right, but is he getting better? No, I think he's been the same. He's a good third best player on a good team. Right, losing Jonathan Isaac. It's a big I mean, deal. it doesn't really impact. Yeah, it it just deal. sucks, man. That just sucks. Yeah. It's a big deal. How about the fact that the Wizards have been so bad in the bubble that they've actually, like, according to their record, fallen behind the Charlotte Bobcats, Hornets. Like they won't get there. Like it's not actually going to benefit them. But mm-hmm. the last time I checked, they had a worse record than uh, percentage wise. Yeah, than Charlotte did. Not necessarily unpredictable because you're sending the Wizards who don't have Bradley Beal or Davis Bertans into the bubble with every good team in the NBA and <laughs> saying, like, play these teams. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, we're going to lose because Isak Banga is one of our best players. We're just you know, I wish, I wish that they were like, hey, Hornets, we see that you're kind of close. And like Hornets, Bulls, we see that you guys are kind of close to the nine seed there. So we're, go ahead and quarantine and just kind of wait around and we'll give you a call if it's time. <laughs> so like if they kick the Wizards out and they're like, all right, Hornets, you're in. Tag in. Or, came in. or once you realize that Davis Bertans and Bradley Beal weren't going to come, like then just pivot real quick and be like, hey, yeah. actually we want to – because you don't want to see the Hornets, but it would be fun to watch the – like the Bulls were a fun team with Levine and yeah. uh, Cody White, like – Cody, Co- Kobe, Kobe, Kobe White. Yeah, it's like I knew that one right. You know, like they're fun and they're young. Like that would be a team that you would pull for, like the Suns, where they would come in and mm-hmm. maybe win some games that they shouldn't and oh, score like such crazy. A bubble player. He is a bubble player, oh, yeah. man. He would average like forty a game. Oh yeah. This so that true. would be, you know, like you just pivot. Like as soon as Bertans and Beal were out, like oh no, we were just kidding about the Wizards. Bulls, you're in, but they can't do that. So, all right, last question. I'll ask this from at Levi. Burge, I realize we are in a positionless era of NBA, but with the tank rebuild on the horizon, I'm wondering what are the three best positions for a big three in the NBA? What three positions have worked best in the past and which three would work best in today's NBA for a big three? I think you want a point guard, right? Yep. I think you want a big versatile forward that can play the four and the five 
You talking about Baisley? Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, SGA, Baisley, what's next? And, and then, Dort. And I think you want somebody on the wing, right? Yeah. I think the three, the two three position it has always been an essential position. It's oh, the definitely. one thing that doesn't yeah. oscillate in value, right? Like if you look at those early 2000s teams, like the point guard was the position that you're like, all right, Derek Fisher can play point and we'll be okay. You know, like, and that still happens for, for some teams, you know, but you always now you need somebody that really runs the team uh, from the point guard position. Uh, but that, that wing position, that two, three has always been an essential position in the NBA. And so I think that's the one that, if you can hit on that, you're set up, you know, that's why, I mean, look at the thunder, like not to, I mean, this is obviously, but when losing Kevin Durant was the game, it was the dynamic changer. Right. And mm-hmm. so immediately they try to get Paul George because he's the fill in for that position that matters so much in today's NBA, but you have the length, you have the versatility on offense. Like that's the position that if you're tanking and you're getting in the top three, like you get really excited for a long wing player that can score or I do, I guess, compared to like, oh, great. Uh, there's a big that's James Wiseman's there. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks. You know, like. <laughs> they have to be elite, right? I mean, they have to be, you have to have the top, a top three center in order for it to be worth it. I mean, it's clearly yeah. worth it for a team like, like Denver, right? Like Jokic is the best center in the NBA. Great. It's right. awesome. We'll build around him. 76ers with Embiid. No one questions that, right? They're, yeah. they're that talented. I kind of do, but that's okay. You just have to have the right guys around him. They just don't have the right guys around him. True, I mean, if, true, it, true, if true. he was surrounded by shooting, if you had Chris Paul, Embiid, and shooters, I don't think you'd question it because I think they'd be amazing. But they don't. I mean, they have like other bigs and forwards, and that's really it on their team. And then they have... Shake Milton playing point guard who has been fun, but still a second round draft pick that was not intended to play this position. You know, yeah. they've they've kind of fallen into that position to where they have to play him, which is good in some ways, but also just a failure of the design of the team. Uh, so it's it, you just have to have a generational big man for it to be worth it. And if you have Miles Turner or somebody, and he's your best player, like or one of your three best players. Like, I don't know that that works, but yeah. if it's Embiid, definitely. And those so, generational guys, they don't, it's, they, they're fewer and fewer. I have a question for you guys. These are the, these are the three big three groups of the last 10 to 15, uh, 10 years. So, and I need you to pick one. So you have 2011 D Wade, LeBron, Chris Bosch. You have 2008, uh, Celtics, mm-hmm. and then you have 2017 Warriors. Mm-hmm. Pick one. In those years, in that style of basketball, right? I mean, it's got to be the 17 Warriors. Like, there's just no question. Like, that's the most talented trio. Man, I don't know. I probably I know. go for those Heat teams, man. I was gonna say that 2011, like D Wade, LeBron, Chris Bosh, and they're all they're all like all combo players play them in multiple positions. They were all good passers. They could score. Chris Bosh really shifted to a good role that year. Well, and I just think for me is it's always LeBron. Like it's yeah. hard for me yeah. to ever pick against LeBron. Yeah. yeah. I um, I don't know. The shooting of the of the Stephen Clay were is, just is unbelievable. And Kevin, yeah. I mean, we don't like Kevin, but at the peak of his powers He's the best player in the NBA. I mean, a seven-footer that can handle, shoot it, pass it, play multiple positions. I mean, he's always been a better shooter than LeBron. He just hasn't. Yeah. He just hasn't commanded the yeah, floor just those like Warriors, LeBron. Warriors, the the Warrior. Like, I don't know, man. When I think about the here's what's crazy about this. When immediately when we talked about the Warriors uh, trio, mm-hmm. I immediately thought about Draymond Green and not Kevin Durant. Oh, interesting. I thought about Clay. I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I thought. Steph, I, thought I thought Steph, Clay, and Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's actually the, that's the Warriors trio, right? Like, yeah, but the that's the trio from the team that won seventy three games. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, the seventeen Warriors were un- are unbelievable, unbeatable. Oh, yeah. unbeatable. I mean, honestly, probably yeah. the best team of all time. Whenever you include Draymond in that, because who's the who's the fourth guy on those Heat teams? Well, maybe that's why the Warriors. Uh, Chris Anderson. Maybe that's why it's unfair. <laughs> Mario because Chalmers. they did have Draymond. Green. Yeah, they were always Ooh, unfair. Know. It was the most unfair yeah. team in the history of the NBA. Shane Battier. Yeah, Chalmers. Yeah, it's unfair. It was unfair for Norris the moment Cole. That, that Kevin made that decision. So wow, this was fun. Thank you, Taylor, for bringing this back up. Hey, just Sorry. well, I was going to pick the Heat because I just felt like in that era of basketball. That was the most progressive style of basketball, I thought. And you had the Spurs doing cool. Maybe it was the Spurs, the way they played as a team. But having your best three guys all be basically wings and Chris Bosh as a big, but could be a wing too. So you really Um, mean the 2012 Heat and not the 2011 Heat? Because the 2011 Heat were still like playing Eric Dampier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the team that lost to the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. I mean 2011-2012 Heat. The one that the team beat us. Yes. Yeah. Like Shane Battier was insane. Mike what's crazy was about insane. that team is they should have only won one because the Spurs absolutely should have won the next year. And they did win the year after that. Like that's what's insane about that team. Yeah. They were very much in danger. They were a Chris Bosch rebound pass out to Ray Allen away from it being over. Best shot. Best shot the last 10 years. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's a top five of all time. The Kyrie shot. Yeah, I still think. Worst. I still take that Ray Allen shot. I mean, that offensive crazy. rebound to Ray Allen backing up, that's insane. Insane. Well. So, yeah. Chris Bosh is the best. Thunder's got a Thunder play today against the Grizzlies. Yep. At 3 o'clock, and then they play again. I think they have a back-to-back. I just literally pulled it. I didn't. I just literally closed the window. But I think they play – Back-to-back Sunday, Monday. Is that correct? Yeah. Wizards and Suns. Back-to-back. Mmm. Beautiful basketball. Yeah. I bet that Sunday game is <laughs> going to be riveting. Yeah. Terrence so Ferguson Thunder- is still out today with a right lower leg contusion. Uh, Mike is that Mascal what it is? is in, mm-hmm. Mike Mascal is in concussion protocol, and Schroeder is still out with a baby. A baby. Which, uh, man, I like, this is really selfish and stupid for me to say, but... That timing was pretty perfect. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it is. I think it's good for everybody. It's good for Schroeder, too. So, yeah, because he can spend some time at home and then yeah. he can come back and be ready for the playoffs. And so they play the Grizzlies on today and then they play Washington Phoenix, Miami on Wednesday. The, the season's almost over, y'all. Mm-hmm. We're last week. A week from today will be the game against the Clippers, last game of the season for the playoff start. So it is here. Bubble has been incredible basketball is back so we hope you're enjoying it and uh, keep listening for content here monday andrew and mckelly will be back to talk about possibly three games but definitely the next two so anything else guys just the bubble's been been great i mean this is the the third week in a row of of no positive tests in the bubble so it's great it's a it's a great great thing they've been able to do so far and we'll just hope that everything holds but you know, in in a week, we're going to lose a bunch of teams. And so you would think the odds increase of this just being a, a massive success. So just here's to, to hoping that it continues. Cheers. We're all drinking beers That's at right. 8.30 a.m. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time.